people don't really see how things are organized in the computer, but I have it where I can hit a button and it'll just go play back in black. What's up, fool? That's my dog. Yeah, that fool calmed down. And then I told that fool, I said, stalk yourself forever, ever. No, bro. Really sorry for saying bro. Hey, come on, it's fear mongering. I ain't no clown. It's all fake. I know what you're up to. All right, maybe it's not. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I'm just a fool. fool. Talk full radio. Yeah, what's up? Uh, you hear this? Uh. This is a fucking celebration because you know why? Because this is the fucking uh fucking uh 20th episode, right? 20th episode of Talk Full Radio, okay? 20th episode of the world's greatest podcast, 20th episode of this planet's greatest podcast. I don't know about other planets. I've never been there, right? But this planet, uh, this is the 20th episode of your and my favorite podcast, okay? So this is a celebration. Um, let me do, I'm, you know, I don't really, I just have a cup of coffee. Uh, but yeah, so I'm very excited. Uh, the red pill is excited in her own way she's a kitty she's not a human so she like you know conveys it very differently right so uh yeah it's a great morning um well i mean it's shitty outside it's raining but i woke up this morning and i was like dude we've done 20 episodes right so so that's the first milestone okay 20 episodes um so that's big right so the next one we're going to kind of hold off and the next milestone will be 100 episodes right and and uh that seems really far away okay so like not the sun is 93 million miles away okay uh and 20 or like 100 episodes kind of seems about the same distance but i think we could do it uh if you know if we figure it out it's going to it's going to be a long road with a lot of ups and downs with some ups and a lot of downs, right? But we got it. You know, 20 has been pretty crazy. I started in LA, uh, and I know it doesn't seem like that much, but uh, it's a lot to me. Fuck yeah, rules. Um, So, happy 20th, right, episode of TFR, Talk Full Radio, with SLC, DHC, right? That's me, uh, RP, and YOU, right? Because you guys helped me. Uh, get here and without you guys and the producers uh yeah anyways 20 episodes that's fucking sick okay so uh what have i been up to oh i got a good one for you okay so let me tell you what i've been up to all right i'm actually writing something about this right now and hopefully you guys will read it but so about a week and a half ago right i was like damn my phone's broken my phone's been broken right i have it's been shattered for a really long time and uh so basically, I was just like, man, you know what? I don't know the fuck my problem is because I, Stephen Lee Clark, I used to fix airplanes, man. So why am I tripping on my phone, right? So, you know, I ordered an iPhone toolkit, okay? And uh, in a, in a, in a, so once the toolkit got here, I ordered the glass for the screen and I was just like, dude, fuck paying somebody else to fix your shit, right? It's bullshit. So, I put on my little head-mounted magnifying glasses, right, which I love. I wear them uh, just for any reason at all, you know. Uh, but so I put those on, put a headlamp on, which I kind of wear all the time anyways. 
And I fucking took my phone apart, right? So, some problems that I ran into, okay? A, not all the videos, right? All the tutorials, there's different kinds of iPhones. Not, I don't mean iPhone 5, iPhone 6, iPhone 6S. No, for every 6S, there's a shit ton of different ones, right? Maybe not a shit ton, but there's different ones. So, I opened my phone. I was like, oh, shit, this doesn't look very familiar. But if you have, okay, I've always felt in my life, right? 32 years in my in my entire life, I've always felt that if you have instructions, okay, instructions, there's nothing that you can't do because all you have to do is use that little thing that you learned when you were a kid, fucking the ability to read and reproduce what you see, right? Not that hard. But so I was reading all the instructions. I was like super excited about it. And then I realized, I was like, I opened my phone. I was like, oh man, this is like a lot different than everything that I researched, right? Uh, but I can still do it. You know, again, airplanes, phone, not fucking, not a big deal, right? I got this. So basically, um, I learned a few things. I learned, A, you can fix your phone, right? It's not too difficult. But I learned, B, Apple doesn't want you to fix your own shit, right? I was like, what the fuck? This is bullshit. And in every video, right? In every video I saw or every, uh, you know, set of instructions that I read, it said, once you get to this certain step, this is bullshit, right? And every single video said that there's this thing called a bevel case, a bevel frame, right? And when you peel it off, it's literally the thinnest piece of aluminum on this planet, at least. Right. And so I was like, fuck man, this is hard. Um, and so I know this is like, you know, I'm explaining this basically the fucking brick wall because you guys didn't see what I was doing. But basically when I went to detach the screen assembly from this bevel case, right, this bevel frame, I realized that there's thread lock on it, right? So when, so what thread lock is, is you put this little liquid on screws and then you screw it into whatever you're screwing it into and it fucking locks in place, right? And that right there is absolute, like, do not fix your own phone that's what apple is telling you by putting on threadlock and i was like dude what the fuck man that's not fair so in my uh in my search for a new frame because i had to get a new frame right because literally all the instructions all the videos say it's fucking 99 likely that you're gonna break this frame right it's impossible and it's bullshit because apple's the only person you can get it from right and again Apple doesn't want you to figure shit because you cannot get a frame from Apple unless you're an authorized Apple service provider. I did all the research, right? And it fucking, it's fucking bullshit, right? So I've really felt in my mind, I was like, and in my heart, I really felt in my mind and in my heart that uh, Apple didn't want me to fix my own shit, right? And I was like, dude, this fucking shit, like, again, I don't hate capitalism, but that is utter that's like the essence of capitalism like fuck over the customers so they have to spend more money right the the customer that spent a bunch of money to get your product in the first place right so i get it i get it but i'm a victim here and it fucking pissed me off right so uh so i did a bunch of research and in my research i found out that it is not just a notion that's going on in my fucking psychotic brain right it's not just a conspiracy theory that Stephen Lee Clark made up no it is law, right? It's the fucking law that you're not allowed to fix your own phone. And I was like, what the fuck? You're not allowed to get. So anyways, basically when I was looking for a new frame for my phone, um, 
I came across this bill that the Senate in New York is trying to pass, right? And it's called the Fair Repair Act. And I was like, dude, this is fucking crazy. Like, it's a, it's an actual law, right? So, basically, uh, the Fair Repair Act, if it gets passed, which has already been rejected a couple times, right? Because fucking, you know why? Because the people that are really in power are the fucking big corporations, right? Oh, and luckily, we have the number one fucking capitalist ever in history, this motherfucker, as our president, right? So, basically, it kind of feels like if you're into any sort of, like, fixing your own stuff or you just have interest in it, you're fucked, right? Me, I'm fucked. But not not like that. I can still fix it because uh, there's generic case things you can buy, generic frames, but still, it's bullshit. So, basically, um, the Fair Repair Act, it makes it so... Electronic manufacturers are required to not give you, but to sell you, right? So they're still making money. They want to, they're trying to make it so they're required to sell you upon your request, uh, diagnostics, right? So like, if you don't know what's wrong with your phone, you don't have to give it to Apple and fucking pay them to be like, Hey, this is what's wrong with the phone. We can fix it for fucking $200. Oh yeah. But I paid 12 bucks a month for interest. Don't give a fuck. We'll pay it. For fu we'll fix it for fucking 200 more dollars. Right. I know you, you pay for insurance, but whatever. So not only that, but also parts to your phone. So you can't get them, dude. You can't get them. You have to go through, uh, an Apple authorized Apple service provider, right? And so what's fucked up about that is in order to become an authorized Apple service provider, right? I'm a robot when I say that, right? Uh, you have to apply. And what do we know about applying? You can get denied, right? So you have to apply, right? And if they, if they, you have to submit your business model, you have to submit your, you know, everything about you, like what you have to tell them what location you're going to go, right? All this shit, and then you have to be trained by Apple technicians, right? Which you have to pay Apple for, right? Fuck shit. It's all fuck shit, right? So then I was like, well, what if I just wanted to become an Apple technician, right? Because uh, shit's not hard. Again, follow instructions, right? Fucking, if you want to become an Apple technician, right? You Not only do you have to pay for training, pay for training to Apple, you have to take a test once a year, right? And guess what? That test costs $150 to take. You hear the silence? I'm looking out the window like, what the fuck world do I live in? All right. So anyways, yeah. So the Fair Repair Act, I fucking, dude, I'm all about this shit. I'm trying to hit up senators. I text all my senator friends right now. Actually, a bunch of them listen to this. So I know that they're going to understand my stance, right? But the Fair Repair Act, man, it's like, come on, man, that's fucked up, dude. You're gonna charge me all this money for a phone, which I like. Okay, I'm not, I'm not some fucking. Oh, I don't even like Apple products. No, it's fucking cool, right? There's like voice modulation thing that I have on there where I can fucking say something, and then I plug it in Ableton, and it says it back like a robot, and it's cool. I like sounding like a robot, right? Um, but yeah, that's cool, like, like, like whatever. But you know, it's bullshit that I can't fix my own thing, especially because most of the world doesn't even want to, right? So it's like, you know, there's a million people that are like, why are you trying to fix your own phone? It's because full, because I want to, I can, it's fun. And I think I will feel accomplished when I do do it, right? And it's a good feeling. Well, you just buy another one. Yeah, you could, but I don't have fucking any money, right? I've never had money in my life. I've had $0 my entire life, right? So it's like, fuck, man. Like, I just want to fix my own phone. And it was very disheartening to find out 
that not only is it difficult, but that's fine. I can do difficult. Like, that's not a big deal. Uh, but the law doesn't want me to, right? That's what's fucked up. And that really hurt my feelings, Apple. It's bullshit. So, uh, so the second part of this story, right? Well, I got the parts, but the second part of this story, and okay, and I'm completely able to fix my phone, and I'm going to, right? But the second part of this story is even more interesting, right? Day one, no phone. I was just like, man, this is kind of shitty. Like, I don't, I can't, can't read the news. Oh yeah, I can read the news. I have a computer on the internet. Okay, okay. Well, this kind of sucks because, uh, uh, you know, I don't know who's emailing me right now. Oh yeah, it's fucking tight. Not getting fucking 20, 20 fucking notifications every fucking thirty seconds. Do the math. That's a lot, right? Uh, about an email that's bullshit that I don't even give a fuck about, and then a missed six hundred emails. There's like three that I care about, right? And then, and then, and then this is still day, still day one, okay? Um, and then I was like on my way to work because I got this new job, right? Uh, and uh, I was like, oh shit, I don't have a phone for maps. Okay, I'm gonna bike there. So let me figure it out. Oh yeah, I used to do this all the fucking time before I had a fucking iPhone. I'm gonna look at the map on the computer, write down directions, and then the last vital step to me getting to work is, I don't know, using my brain, right? So what I do, I fucking, this is a crazy concept, right? I looked it up, looked up the directions, I took a fucking pen and I put it in my hand, right? And I moved it in these like strategic, like using these like strategic muscle spasms. Basically it's like, Oh, I think it's called writing, right? So I wrote it down, right? And I wrote down the directions of how to get from my house to work, right? Which is fucking nutty, I know. But anyways, uh, yeah, I was biking. I wore a helmet, right? I was biking. And I had a piece of paper in my pocket. And I kept taking it out and looking at it while I was biking with the helmet. And I kept being like, oh, shit. Go right here. Look for the street. I wrote down the estimated. You know, you just have to use your brain, dude. And it fucking, honestly, it felt good. So... This is, this is the point of this. This is still the second part of the story. So that was day one. Day two, right? I'm like, oh, man, I haven't gotten a text message. Uh, well, you know, except for when I link up to Wi-Fi on my computer. But, you know, when I'm on the train or when I'm walking or when I'm whatever the fuck, like, oh, man, I haven't got a text message. Oh, yeah, that's fucking tight. It's been nice, dude. I'm by myself. You know, I'm, like, actually by myself. I don't have this, like basically this like doorbell that's attached to my fucking back pocket that people can just ring whenever they want to get a hold of me right and i can answer or not but still there's a fucking doorbell going on in the background of my life right and so i was like man this is kind of tight dude this is only day two day two i thought it was tight oh yeah and then the other thing is i realized i read like fucking 100 pages right i read like 100 pages in one of my books right and i was just like holy shit this is sick so basically by day three i was like dude not having a phone is pretty sick dude and i was like super into it uh i'm not gonna be totally like you know so i'm gonna be totally real about it like there's a lot of things i do miss about my phone but you know what i don't miss about my phone uh social media because let me tell you about social media all those things that you read social media social media it gives you a peep into other people's lives right wrong it's not real right so you basically are looking at other people's lives but like the highlights of their life right so if i like got paid you know twenty thousand dollars out of nowhere right and then for the next two nights i was like oh i got these six shoes and fucking blah blah and like i'm gonna go out to this restaurant it's super sick right and i'm gonna go to the show i'm gonna have hella fun for two days right that's what social media is 
they don't fucking tell you about when the money's gone and blah, blah, blah. And you're sitting in your house and you're just like fucking bored. You're just looking at something. No. And that's why social media causes like in a lot of people, it causes depression. And I'm going to be honest. I think I'm one of those people, right? Not so much. Well, yeah. Depression for sure. Because it's like, yeah, well, I'm still chilling. Uh, you know, I wish I was on tour, uh, with field agent doing all this cool shit, blah, blah, blah. but no, I'm chilling in this small ass room. Right. Okay. But that, but also annoyance, the shit's annoying, right? Everything's annoying. Fucking social media is annoying. Facebook's annoying. And I'll tell you what, when I do fix my phone, number one priority is to like limit that shit for me. Right. Of course, again, I'm a very realistic fool. I think social media is very important for like promoting your stuff, whatever. Right. It's good for that. But you know what I don't need to see is, okay, the other thing is fucking Donald Trump's an asshole, right? I think that. I've always thought that. I talk to my mom about that all the time. I talk to my nana about it, right? I talk to my close friends about it. It's bullshit, right? And, 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 and do I think our country is in a very scary state right now? Absolutely, right? So if I already feel like that, why would I go onto Facebook and literally take a fucking plunge, right? A cannonball, a swan dive into the most negative fucking pool of bullshit in the world and memes, right? So it's like all this negative shit and then the most brain numbing, stupid shit I've ever seen in my life, right? Facebook is really bad for me. I don't know about you guys, but I figured this out and it took me trying to fix my own phone and then not having a phone and then realize, like, oh, it's pretty tight to not have a phone. It took me all that to realize that I fucking hate Facebook, right? I know I've said this before and again, I'm a realistic fool. Am I going to completely delete it? No, because I use it for a lot of things and a lot of people I don't know hit me up on there and I post talk full episodes on there and and field agent shit, right? But is it good for me, Stephen Lee Clark? Fuck no, it's not good for me. And it's pretty annoying. And uh, you also realize like a lot of shit, like basically uh, I realized, and it took me not having my phone to do this, but I realized that I wake up in the morning, right? My phone is what wakes me up, okay? Um, and then I, I, it's right next to my head, right? Super close to my head. Probably I'm going to estimate anywhere between, because depending on how much I roll in my sleep, this is breaking news. But like, uh, it's, it's either, you know, anywhere from like eight inches to like, you know, a foot and a half away from my head. Right. So, uh, I wake up from my phone, I roll over, pick it up. I look at it for at least 20 minutes laying down. Right. And that's how I wake up every morning. That is fuck shit. Right. It's a phone and I don't need it to like do all that shit. And I did realize that I am legitimately happier when I don't have a phone. So I've had the parts to fix my phone for about mm, five days now, right? And I just haven't done it and I don't want to, right? I'm going to, I will. I did realize that I've missed some important e emails, like whatever, but yeah, I don't want, I don't really miss it that much, to be honest. Um, and not only that, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna fix my phone and I'm gonna see what, what the world does to me because I might get a fucking flip phone, dude. Cause again, all that shit that I have on my, on my iPhone, uh, I can do on my MacBook, right? So not a big deal. Anyways, yeah, that was a pretty big deal for me. Uh, the whole, the whole trying to fix my shit, right? So, so I think that it is very important and vital for 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 anybody 
to, you know what? I know it's hard. And let me tell you something. I'm not this like perfect fool. Yeah, it's hard. I know phones are cool. I think they're cool. You guys know, I like technology. It's cool. I'm not saying I'm better than anybody. Right. Cause that's what a lot of people take from this. And I think that that is like deep seated, like insecurity. Like, yeah, I am really tied to my phone. No, I'm your boy. Right. And I'm telling you just what happened to me. Right. But what I am saying is that I think everybody should be like, okay, uh, what's today? Monday. Uh, I'm going to turn off my phone all fucking day, right? All day. Unless you're like, you know, you got something, you got a computer, you have one. I know you do. Look at you. You have your computer. So what you can do is turn off your phone. And I'm telling you, it's not, it's not the fucking, it's not the like, you know, it's not when you get home and you're looking at shit. No, it's the transit, right? That's what meant the most to me. It's like when I'm walking somewhere and I'm just listening to music. I'm actually listening to music. I'm not fucking listening to music and it's just like, hey, love, ding, like, you know, the fucking notification. I don't know if you guys got that, but that was a song. And then notifications were coming through because of getting fucking emails and text messages, all this shit, right? And I put my phone on silent all the time. And I did realize, right, my phone's always on silent. And I realized I, like, I kind of assessed myself, right? And what do I do when I pull my phone out of my pocket and I look at it and there's, like, 15 notifications on there? What do I do? I get annoyed, right? Off top, annoyed. I don't get stoked. I don't get curious. Who's this? No, I get fucking annoyed. And I'm just like, God damn it. Why does everybody want to talk to me like this? It's fucking annoying, right? Not saying you're annoying. I'm saying that I don't have the capacity to deal with it. And yeah, it bothers the shit out of me. So this was a very eye-opening experience. And that's why I want to tell you guys about it because it was, it was very important to me. Uh, and I did realize that I don't need a phone to be happy. And it probably, it's probably the opposite. It probably makes me unhappy. Am I going to never have a phone in? No, I'm going to fix my phone and I'm going to get back in the digital world. But am I going to limit myself? 100% because it made me a lot happier. And, you know, you guys should try it and let me know how it goes because uh, it made me a lot happier. All right. So instead of like just an all business section today, I want to say that last episode I put out a thing that was talking about someone helping. And you know what? I'm going to tell you something. Everybody that responded is amazing, and I'm super stoked that anybody responded at all. And I'm going to tell you something else. I logged in, because again, I don't have a phone, but I logged in on my computer to the TalkFull Gmail, TalkFullRadio at gmail.com, and dude, this shit blew my mind. And it's not a lot, right? I have, I have no illusions, right? It wasn't a lot, but that doesn't matter. I had like four emails from different people, and they were, they were all just like, hey, dude, like... uh. It wasn't even about like the fucking, it wasn't even about the, like someone to help out. Right. No, it was about like, yo dude, uh, I'm chilling and, and I really like your podcast. Right. And I was just like, dude, this is blowing my mind, dude. And again, as I've always said from the very beginning, if one person likes this podcast, if one fool is chilling by themselves and like, doesn't have any friends and is like, dude, Stephen Lee Cart's funny as fuck. Uh, one person, right? Because I know it's probably only one or two or three or four people. But if that person says that, then we've won here. We've done our job. That's fucking awesome. Good work, everybody, right? And I was super blown away by anybody reaching out. And let me tell you something. I sat down, and it might take me a little bit, but I sat down and responded to every single one because, yeah, it means a lot, man. It means a lot. You know, it's like, it's like if a motherfucker uh, got expelled from architecture school, right? 
and it's like, I want to build a building, but I want to build it how I want to, right? And then they fucking, he, he, they, they build the building, right? And it, and it looks weird, and a million people drive by it and don't care, and then one person got, hops out, and it's just like, whoa, this building's amazing, right? That person, that's what matters, right? And, 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 and it's awesome. It's an awesome feeling. So to everybody that's like that emailed me just about anything, a lot of fools were talking to me about, uh, you know, their life and fucking how, how bored they are where they live or, or what they did that related to something I talked about or, or who I should interview one day. All you motherfuckers are amazing. And I'm telling you, Stephen Lee Clark, the head coach, I care. And I really deeply appreciate, uh, you listening at all, you know? And it, and it blows my mind that someone is like, yo, when, when my phone, Right. When my phone tells me that you have a new episode out, that's when I get the most stoked. And that is so crazy to me, but it's really sick. And I really appreciate everybody. Uh, let me know that, man, because it, it does help. It does help a lot. So, again, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to keep this very quick. You can follow me on Facebook, Talk for Radio. You can email me at talkforradio at gmail.com. We're on Twitter. We are on. Uh, what's that shit called? iTunes, right? We're on iTunes. You can subscribe and download. We're on Stitcher. We're on TuneIn, and we're doing great. I'm excited about where we're going. Again, 20th episode. Yeah, ding, 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 ding. Right, 20th episode. Uh, that's pretty nutty. Um, but yeah, you can download, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. You can go to talkforradio.com. And at the bottom of talkforradio.com, there is a little donation but button, and you can donate and become a producer again uh it's a legit credit you can put it on your resume you can tell the motherfucker that's interviewing you like hold on stop the interview i'm a podcast producer okay so uh you can shut up right now right give me the job and they'll be like fuck what podcast and be like talk for radio and they'll be like oh my god you're hired right and they'll be like well i don't believe you and you'll be like that's fine fucking look at the show notes boom there's my name listen to this show boom there's my name right there's the name straight out of Stephen lee clark's mouth right so again, to all my producers, you guys are amazing. To everybody that emailed me, you guys are amazing. I love all of you. You guys are cool as fuck. So I appreciate all the help and I'm very excited for this next interview. Okay. So as someone that grew up in and around the Bay Area, uh, this human being, Jack Shirley, is like seriously uh, a very important figure, right? Because not only was he in really amazing bands uh, and like, not only does he record really cool stuff, it's just important. He gives these bands, he gave my old band, right, a very quality, fucking really sick recording, and 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 and, and we could afford it. It's like that is mind-blowing, right? <clears throat> and for someone to take their time and record all these, like, metal and punk bands, although there's a lot more, as you'll find out, like, that is something that's really special. And as someone that has worked with this person a few times... It is truly amazing to see what it's become and all that shit. But I will say that it's not surprising, right? Because the first time I ever worked with Jack, I was just like, oh my God, this was so good at what he does. And he's not a dick, right? He's not a dick. It's not awkward. And like, I think a big, huge part of the recording process is feeling comfortable and being able to just do what you want to do with your music and not worrying about some producer that's behind the glass looking like rolling his eyes and shit, right? Because that's never happened. And again, I've worked with Jack a bunch of times now, and every single time is amazing. And so, again, but like, you know, I just think 
that word important comes back to mind. And what Jack Shirley does is a very important thing, not only for the Bay Area, not only for these people, but just for like our music scene in general, right? Because, uh, you know, again, we have all been there you know, being made fun of when you're a kid for listening to something that's not on the radio, right? And that motherfucker is the one that's making that happen now, you know? And so, besides all that, he's a really great dude and a wealth of knowledge about what he does and very inspiring because he didn't go to school for it. He's just taught himself, and right? So, so he is the epitome of what I said. He's the product of what I said earlier. If there's instructions and you have the will and you can look it up and you can take this knowledge and use it, this is what you get. You get an amazing human being like Jack Shirley. So please enjoy my interview with Jack. Jack Shirley, dude, what's up? How's it going? Chilling, man. Just finished a day of work and uh, sitting on my couch. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate you doing this after work, dude. I mean, as someone that like scratches the surface of recording, like just my own shit, like, dude, it's like mm-hmm. fucking arduous. And like for me, it's just like, dude, I know, I know you're just you've been doing it for so long, but like, man, I'll record all day for myself only. And be like fucking exhausted, right. dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I started doing like, yeah, it's, it's kind of fucked up actually. I, like, I started doing ten-hour days instead of eight-hour days because I needed to fit more. I needed to be more productive, and I'm also working like six or seven days a week. Um, wow. And so, it's just a busy time right now. I'm, I'm. It's uh, the plan is to scale it back. Uh, hopefully this year. So, we'll see. Yeah, that's intense, man. I I know, I know that you're a busy dude because I know like when we talked, I mean, you know, anytime that I've talked to you with any project that I've been in about working with you, mm-hmm. there's always like waiting and like there's a a shit ton of people in line and it's like fucking it's it's impressive, dude. I mean, it's a it's I I'm very grateful to be in that situation. It it, it is it can be a little tough to manage because it is just me. And, and because of the space that I'm in right now, the physical like recording uh, studio space, the, uh, the hours are like kind of, um, truncated a little bit. Like I can only work between like nine 30 and seven 30. Oh, like, because of noise and stuff. Yeah. Noise from outside. Also, I live here. And so like, um, you know, my girlfriend comes home from work and she's got to get up early, that sort of thing. Uh, so it's like, yeah, but again, all that stuff's changing in hopefully you know this year yeah yeah so so last time i saw you you were in palo alto are you still there or did you already go to oakland or how is that what is it no i'm i'm still in palo alto yeah nothing's changed i guess in terms of the like uh, in terms of you know the day-to-day operations but um there has been a space acquired in oakland and there's a ton of work is being done to it. it we we've had the space for like six months and um a lot of work needed to be done and a lot of work still needs to be done, but hopefully, um, hopefully by summer we're like fully moved over and there's a new recording studio there. That's fucking awesome, man. Holy shit. Yeah. I always think about when the last time that we worked together, that like that one studio in Oakland that we were at and they had like 
yeah all this crazy shit in there they had like plate reverb and shit in the in the ceiling. yeah yeah that was fucking amazing totally. dude um, yeah that place is awesome yeah yeah do you work there often no that's the only time that i've gotten to work there was those few days that we were there but um but i've been there since to like buy some gear or just uh kind of like do a quick walkthrough and uh that sort of thing um i like the space a lot I, and i'm and I actually like some things about that space kind of informed how the design for the new space went too. Oh, you know nice. what I mean? Like, um, cause I don't, I don't get out of here a ton to work, but I have in the last few years worked at maybe like five different studios. And, um, and it's been a real, uh, it's, it's a positive experience. It, it always makes me kind of like stoked on my own setup. Cause it is so kind of like tailored specifically to me. But, um, yeah. but it also is, is cool to see all the, you know, the alternatives and like try out different stuff and different rooms and that sort of thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, one thing I was going to, I was going to ask you about that. Actually, I might as well just do it now was, um, yeah. when I, when, you know, every time I've been every, every time I've worked with you, like the space itself, like I, for me at least has like played a big role in like, just, it's kind of like, I've always, I've thought of it like getting it like a getting it it's a maybe a bad example but getting a tattoo right so it's like you sure. are either in stuck in this place and i've done this with recording too you're stuck in this place with a person you don't really know like blah blah, blah mm -hmm. and it could be really uncomfortable and it totally affects like the outcome of this project that you have sure. put so much work on you know, like into and and absolutely it's always been a thing for like all the projects i've recorded with you more than once in more than one thing and mm -hmm. it's like comfortable sure. setting like just kicking it uh you always have fucking mm -hmm. ice cream that's amazing <laughs> yeah <laughs> Thanks, man. but like for you so for you and it's and it's super cool to me that you kind of exactly like you said you tailored your space to like exactly yeah. what you need you know where everything's at is that a big like was that a big deal for you did you feel it like coming along and and does it do you feel like kind of like you said like when you're somewhere else do you miss your space yeah, I, I've found out more and more because my my experience recording is like very is very specific. Where like I'm self taught, I've I've almost only ever worked in my own studio, um, except for a handful of times that I've been to other places. So like, um, so that experience kind of like that that like tailor makes your recording experience. So like, I found out that a lot of people that work that maybe went to school for recording and like kind of bounce around to different commercial studios, that sort of thing. Like you, you have to just be able to adapt to whatever room you walk into, yeah. but I've never really, I've never really had that, you know, like everything that I, that I have in front of me, it's like, it's here because I wanted it or because I, you know, cause I, or cause I'm trying it or something like that. And the way it's all laid out is just for me, like, I don't have to like, make it universal you know what i mean for 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 anybody who walks in the door so but I, but i'm finding that like i guess that's that's somewhat of a unique experience to only ever have that yeah to know yeah. that world i guess um and uh but i've also found that i guess because of that i've i've had a chance to try out maybe more stuff than the average engineer because i'm because like you know if you just work in somebody else's room you kind of just have whatever is there and you deal with it but when you're trying to like I don't know, like figure out what the right thing for you is. You could, you, you end up trying all kinds of shit. You buy stuff, you sell stuff over the years. I mean, like I've done maybe like three or four major like re overhauls of like the equipment that I work on, um, over the last like 12, 13 years. And, um, yeah, it's been a really, and it's been, it's been a positive experience. And, and that's actually, uh, like going to the new space 
one thing that's not changing at all is like the, all the equipment and stuff like that. Like it's all just kind of coming across the exact same, but this, the new space is totally different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you have to worry about the room yeah. sounding different and like all this, like the, right. you know, the angles and the corners and, and you're just so used totally. to that space that you work in. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So, but the, uh, Oh no, mm-hmm. go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to say the, the main, but another huge thing, I don't know if we were to touch on this or not, but like the, um, I'm also going from, this is a super DIY spot that I've been in for the last like 10 years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was built by a bunch of like punk kids who like didn't know anything about construction or studio design or anything like that. And so, um, but this new spot is like professionally designed and built. And so it's a whole, again, it's like a whole different world, you know, lots Dude, of stuff to learn. That's exciting as fuck, man. That's tight. Yeah. Yeah, Dude, I, yeah, I can't so, wait to see it, dude. That's gonna, that's that's fucking cool, dude. Me too. Um, so well, that like it, the fact you just said that like you were self taught and you kind of just like did it all. You so you didn't go to school for this, did you? No, no, Damn, I didn't. That's so crazy to me. That's fucking. That's sick. So how did you? So how did you start all this out? Like how did this all become like your thing? How did the Atomic Garden start out? How did this all happen? Uh. I mean, it was, it, it started about as small as you can start, you know, like, um, I've always, I, I was always kind of interested in recording and I kind of, you know, when you, when you're in bands, you, you have to kind of learn how to, you know, make a demo and like kind of do some DIY recording and stuff. Yeah. So I did, I did some of that like real early on when I was like, I don't know, 15 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I didn't really get into it, uh, for like in a more serious way and, and for, a, you know, I don't know, till I was maybe. 22 or something like that hmm. so um yeah but i don't know I, I just got a i you know i bought a computer i bought pro tools um in like 2003 i guess it was and uh and and that was kind of it and i was just i just got it to fuck around at home and just like you know be able to demo or whatever uh and then the band that i was in at the time we had done kind of like a um a, a kind of a diy recording with some friends where you know we recorded at like a friend's house kind of thing and our, the drummer in the band had Pro Tools, and he was he was gonna he was gonna mix the record, and it was like okay, cool, let's do it. And and I saw like this whole process of it like getting away from me, like the record, you know, like I had wrote, written these songs and like and um and the and the, the dude was kind of overdoing it a little bit with the mixing, and so I was like, hey, you know, I just got Pro Tools, I really don't know how to use it, but like let me take the recording session for this thing, and like let me try to do a mix of this thing, and um. And, and mixing that record was like my kind of like my learning experience where I learned Pro Tools. I learned like the basics of mixing a record. And like it was one of those things where like, like you play bass and you can play guitar, right? Yep. Like it's the, sa- the same way, like when you tweak an amp or something like that, like to get a tone, yep. it was like I knew the sound that I wanted, but I didn't really know how to get it. But like, uh, but with enough trial and error, I started to learn how to get, you know, like get the outcome I was looking for. And so, and, and it's kind of been like a version of that ever since, but like it just gets a little more advanced, uh, you know, as time goes on. Yeah. That's sick, dude. Yeah. It's like, it's that whole thing that, that for me too, like all the, like any piece of equipment I get, it's just like, you know what you want to do and then you have to take mm-hmm. the time to figure it out, figure it out. But then once right. you hit that, like th- once you break that threshold of like, Oh, you can just make it what you want. Like that just changes fucking everything. That's really tight. Totally. Or, or like, I, I did go to school for um, for art for illustration, and um, okay. and a lot there's there's so yeah there's so many parallels between like just the working process of like doing art versus like 
you know, be, you know, working on music or being a musician or just, you know, working with other people, that sort of thing. Um, but like that, when you get that kind of breakthrough of knowing when you're doing something bad and being able to identify it and, and correct it like that, that's a huge, huge deal. You know, like, like when you, when you don't know how to draw, you can just kind of draw and like go on tangent. And like, by the time you're done, you back up and you're like, ah, oh, shit, this sucks, yeah. you know, but like, <laughs> but, but when you can like, and, and that happens with records, you know, but, but if you can like, when you get better at problem solving or like, or like seeing that something's an issue and being able and, and being like, okay, I know how to fix that, you know, and, and, and stopping and being like, okay, cool. Uh, that, like that's this huge breakthrough with anything that you're doing. You know, it's like, it's like that whole 10,000 hours thing, you know, like, yeah. like once you put in the time, like you, if, if that, if after 10,000 hours, you're not pretty good at whatever you're trying to do, like maybe it's not your thing, you know? Yeah. And that's the biggest bummer. Cause you spent 10,000 hours on it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, 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 but the theory I think is that if you put in your 10,000 hours, you can't not be good at yeah. it because yeah, yeah. it's like, because you know, it's so dedicated. So, but, um, but yeah, it, it's that it's that thing, and so it's been it's been a trial and error process in a lot of ways um, the whole time, even even still today. But but you know, a lot of reading and a lot of like you know talking to people and and, and stuff like that, watching videos, and whatever. Oh, There's yeah. always something else to learn. That's that's the most fun part about it. You never really get good enough at it to be like satisfied <laughs> with with what you're doing, um, dude. But like, yeah, I I think that, I feel like that. I've touched upon this before and it has to do with like being an artist and it's like, it's mm -hmm. like completely accepting that you are going to start out like to even a broad point, like a musician. Okay. Like mm -hmm. one, one day sure. for fucking who knows why I was like, I'm going to be a musician. Right. And like, mm -hmm. I knew that it was, I was entering a field that I would like never ever like master, you know, like any, at any moment right. that I felt comfortable there's you you break this wall into a room that you know nothing about you know and it just keeps totally. on going keeps on going it's never ever ever you know and and that's yeah i feel like that takes like a certain kind of person you know maybe or or, or just the ability like you're talking about it, it for lack of better terms to like just deal with a curveball that's been thrown at you you know and figure out how yeah, to, yeah. how to fucking work it and like figure it out until you're happy you know that's awesome what well, it's like in, in What's, what's really, I think the thing that keeps like artist type people or, or people that are into a craft or passionate about doing something is that you like, even though the, the end is, is never, you know, uh, like the, the, the increments of, of like improvement are just enough to keep you like engaged and like, and like excited to get to the next little increment, you know? Yeah. And so like totally. you could do it for the rest of your life, you know, you'll never be, you're never going to be like a master of it in your own mind anyway. Uh, but like, but you get, you get a little bit closer, like every day that you do it. And that's, that's the thing that's like super engaging about it. Yeah, totally dude. That's like, yeah, that's, that's like definitely you're, you're putting it into words, like how I felt before, you know, like those little, yeah, right. of like you finally get like you, you, when you do something that you've never done before and you're just like, holy mm -hmm. shit, like I fucking knew I could do that. Like I've been waiting to do that, you know? <laughs> and that's yeah. just like, fuck yeah. And then you, you know, there's been times where I've kind of like lost sight, like fuck, like blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, right when you least expect it, like you hit this fucking solo or, or you know what I'm saying? Dude, something like that. Totally. You know? Totally. Yeah. Dude, every, every few years I have like a, like a, a quiet to myself, like mental, like meltdown where I'm just like, man you suck at this like yeah. everything you're doing sounds terrible 
you know what I mean? Like yeah. you need to reassess yeah. everything you're doing. And usually, like you're saying, like right around that time, like there's then comes some big breakthrough where like all of a sudden you hear everything differently and it's like, holy shit, you know? And like I had one of those maybe about a year ago. Uh, and like, and since then, like to me, it's like, it's like a whole different world. Like the recordings I've done in the last year have like, are, are like above and beyond anything, like mo- a lot of the stuff before it, you know, just, just from the way that I'm approaching it anyway. Like they might not even sound that different to other people, but like, um, but I, I'm hearing it all differently, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's sick, man. That's sick. So your process yeah. has just like gradually, you've just kind of formed this, like, like through just constant, like trial and error, you've just come to this, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, formula that you basically follow and, and it's that's awesome man are you excited so are you excited yeah. about the new spot do you think it's going to open any like new like doors that you might have to handle or, or new curveballs and stuff that might improve your stuff improve everything yeah absolutely i mean like well i mean the first the main thing is that like the the rooms are all going to be professionally they are all professionally designed and like and constructed and tuned and all that stuff so it's like the the space that I'm in now in, in a lot of ways is very like wild west, you know, like the rooms are like, they don't, they're not soundproof. They're not really tuned, you know, like it's kind of like, uh, like they're in the ballpark of being correct. But like, but from what I've learned in the last 10 years, since this place was built, um, like, I think we did maybe 15 to 20% of what you're supposed to do in terms of like proper build, you know? Um, so so I'll be hearing everything correctly for the first time in a long time, which will either be good or bad. I'm sure it'll take a little getting used to, but, um, so there's that aspect of it. Then there's the whole other side of it where, um, the live room in our new space is actually bigger than my whole current studio. Whoa. Um, it's, it's very, big and it's like, and it's, uh, and I'm really, really looking forward to that. Cause I really like recording in big open, like, you know, splashy sounding spaces. So the live room is like a thousand square feet with like a 15 foot ceiling and concrete floor it's a really big open space so yeah. um yeah so it's something that i haven't really had at my disposal for more than like a short you know like a day at a time at a different studio or something like that um and a lot of times when i have had access to a much bigger space it's been way more like uh it's kind of over they're, they're oftentimes they're like overly tuned you know what i mean like you'll walk into a really big like awesome looking room and you clap your hands and you don't hear anything but your hands because the room is so like has been so engineered you know what i mean to like be so balanced and whatever yeah yeah. uh but but, like i want to walk into a room and clap my hands and i want to hear the room you know what i mean like i want to hear it like splash off the walls so like that's what we're trying that's what we're designing with this new space where it's going to be like a very like open sounding like like live space um damn that's sick yeah, I'm really stoked. Like, we used to actually, we fucked around a little bit. Like, the, the space right next door to mine, it's where I am now, mm-hmm. um, there used to be this this dude next door who, like, refinished furniture and stuff like that. And he let us, he let me run a snake, like an audio snake, um, through the wall into his space. And he gave me the key. So when he wasn't there, we would go over. And it was, like, this 2,000-square-foot warehouse full of, like, antique furniture. And we'd go over and just run a snake in there and, like, go set up drums. And we'd record drums in there. I think I did, like four maybe three or four records where we did drums in there Damn, and um that's tight. and it dude and it sounds so sick like it sounds like there's reverb on the drums but there's not it's just like the room like that's, that's set up you know so like i missed that i only got to, to do that in like little short bursts so like now that's going to be like the main live room is going to sound like that wow um so 
Yeah, I'm stoked. Dude, it's like it's like you got this like new it's like it's like when I get like a new like when I got this new sampler, you know what I'm saying? And I was yeah. just like, fuck man, oh, yeah. there's like so many things I'm gonna figure out. Like and, and like I still don't totally. know everything about it, but you got this like space. You know what I'm saying? That's yep. so sick, dude. That's yeah, so cool. I'm excited. And we've got a couple of plate reverbs also. Oh, dude, um, that's sick. And 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 are kind of on the lookout for some more stuff right now. A, a couple of studios closed in the last um, couple months in the Bay, and um, and there's lots of gear going up. A lot of a lot of you know, it's a, it's a weird time for that kind of stuff. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'm ready. Yeah, <laughs> I'm ready yeah, to get yeah. out of here. So was the how I know. Like just me personally, like I grew up around there and, and, and I know personally, like fucking mm-hmm. countless people that, that have worked with you and, and we talked about mm-hmm. it like, and, and so I know that like, kind of, this might sound like cheesy or whatever, but like, you are kind of this, like you help the Bay a lot. Like you, you've been through like a lot of the shit in the Bay and like a bunch of punk bands that I was friends with and played with and like listened to and just liked and like beyond punk too. But so what is the, like, does the Bay, does the Bay like mean a lot to you too? Like it does the Bay do things for you just as a, just as an area, does it help? Like, I don't know. Does it mean something to you? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's very nice of you to say, man. I mean, like, I think that's, I think that's awesome just to even hear that. Uh, and, and yeah, I don't know. The, the Bay has, has like, is absolutely home. And there was a period of time, uh, when I was touring a lot and traveling all over the world, uh, fairly frequently. And like, and I never went anywhere else that made me say like, I want to move here. You know, um, it was always kind of like confirmation that I was really stoked to be where I was when I got home, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I've been, I've been playing in bands in the Bay area for, or, or at least involved in music in the Bay Area for like 20 years, you know, and yeah. and um, and yeah, since I was 15, and I'm I'm gonna be 36 in a couple months. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a it's absolutely home, and um, yeah, I'm just stoked to be a part of the of the whole scene here. It's been, I mean, the Bay is the only reason that I can make a living doing what I'm doing. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like like when I started in my parents' like like little garage spot. Um, I was living off of the studio within about a year and a half. Whoa. Um, from from zero, like like I got a Pro Tools system and I knew nothing about recording. And about a year, a little over a year later, I was paying my rent at my parents' house from the studio. Wow. Um, that's crazy. Yeah, and then and then yeah, and then not long after that was when I moved into the space that I'm in now. Damn. So you've yeah. been there for a so long it, time, it, huh? It, it was like. Yeah, and I've been here for 11 years in the in the current spot, but uh, but yeah, like, but it, it was like a total right place, right time thing. Like on the peninsula, there was a ton of people, uh, kind of young people doing music, and we were all kind of buddies, you know, and like yeah. we were, we were all playing in bands together, and there was a lot of people doing stuff down here, and um, and nobody was really doing like DIY recording for super cheap, and I was doing it for like next to nothing at the at the beginning, you know. Yeah. Um, I think I I might have been charging like I don't know. 20 bucks an hour or something like that. And like, uh, and, um, and yeah, that was it. It was, there was enough people to like sustain it, you know, just, just from doing friends bands and like starting, but just starting out doing stuff for free basically. That's so sick. 
Fuck yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy to me still. I mean, in some of those bands that recorded back back at my parents' house that still record here. Uh, or, or at least the people, some of the same musicians are still coming here with, with their stuff, you know, and it's like that, that alone, it's like a beautiful thing to me. I, I'm super grateful to be involved. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Dude, that's, that's fucking awesome. Cause I think about the Bay, like, like all the punk that was in the Bay, like in that time for me too, was just like, Oh my God, dude, that was such a oh, time, yeah. dude. Such a time. Dude, the early 2000s were, were exactly. it was a crazy time all over the place. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. Early 2000s yeah. were so fucking sick. All the way up for me up until like shit like 2010 was still sick as fuck. And then and then yeah, like then then everybody I knew started like leaving and shit. And I was like, right. oh fuck. But yeah, yeah, man. That's super cool. When once you got started and all that stuff and once you once you kind of like figured out what you were doing, you know, and and you you were like recording all you know a bunch of your friends' bands and stuff. Was there ever any like specific recording that you like listened to that you were like, dude, this is fucking sick, like this, and and maybe kind of like helped you along or or, or gave you an idea of like mm-hmm. kind of what you wanted to go for? Sure. Totally, yeah. I mean, there was there was that stuff. Like, I mean, there's there's still recordings that I listen to now when I'm working on records. Oh, well, I should back up a little bit. When I'm when I'm like mixing a record, usually mm-hmm. I have like a handful of reference recordings that I usually use to kind of just bounce back and forth between to make sure that I'm not crazy. It's uh-huh. like, like, um, it's again it's back back to fucking art education. I and I and I've given this analogy a bunch to people, but like, but like, uh, you know, it's it's a common misconception that like when an artist paints a photo that they're just like or paints a picture that they're just painting it from like their memory or something like that. Yeah. Um, but like in actuality, right? Like if you want to, if you want to paint the picture of like a bird or something like that, like you, you get like a bunch of pictures of that, this kind of bird that you're going to do and you look at them all and maybe you compile little bits and pieces and, and you tape them all on the wall while you're working on it and you constantly checking to see like how you're doing, you know? Cause otherwise if you just do it from memory, if you're trying to make a realistic looking thing, it, it might look like shit by the time you're done. Cause you have no point of reference, you know? So like, totally. um, so since, since the very beginning, I've always approached recording that way where it's like, okay, well, I want this recording to be able to at least kind of stack up to, you know, or like be out in the world next to other recordings and like, and, and not like look like the, the fucking, the eyes drawn on the back of the head or something like yeah. that. So like, um, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, since the very beginning, like, I don't know, records like Convergence Jane Doe. Yeah. Um, Jimmy, Jimmy World Bleed American was a huge one for a long time. Dude, I'm um, so down. Fucking ACDC, back in black, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, people laugh at me still because I'll be working on a mix here and like people don't really see how things are organized in the computer, but I have it where I can hit a button and it'll just go play back in black. That's um, so sick. For, like, like the chorus, because that recording is like, it was fucking 1980 and they figured out how to make a rock recording like perfect, basically. Like you don't really get much better than that you know what i mean yeah. um like the highs the highs are just right the lows are just right the mids are just right like the fucking balance of the like, instruments like the, just the way the guitars sound like everything about it it's just like fuck yeah that's that's it you know um like when i fucking am mixing a death heaven record like i have acdc back in black like is is right there at the ready because i need to check to make sure that like 
Because you could like you could work on something for an hour and be like, dude, this sounds sick. And then you go check it against any other mastered recording, and it's like, oh fuck, this sounds like it's underwater. You yeah, know, like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. like I totally fucked up. So um so yeah so there's there's a lot of recordings that that like that i go to that i'm just like fuck yes this is an incredible recording and like i might use it as like a um there's this one um i don't know god let me think about this i mean like like again something like like bleed american right it's like it the the low end is super good on it or something so like Uh i'll use that like if i'm mixing i'll be like okay i want to just i want to see if i can hit the lows in the same way that this hits or like or like when i listen to back in black i like i like the way the symbols sound or something so i'll like I'll, I'll like so it's not like you're not trying to emulate the recording necessarily but you're kind of using it as like a is a is a little bit of a guide for like i shouldn't make my shit brighter than this and i shouldn't make my shit bassier than this if i want to live if i want to like live out in the world uh in the same like universe that these things live in you know yeah um yeah so so yeah but there's i don't know i got a folder with probably like 50 different recordings and it and like depending on what i'm working on i'll go grab some shit and like throw it in the session so that I can bounce back and forth a little bit, you know? Yeah, that's sick. So like when you were talking about like drawing something and putting a bunch of different ones on the wall, that's what I was thinking yeah. of. I was like, you know, you're gonna you're gonna see in like one specific photo, like it, like something that stands out to you and that's what's gonna apply to your drawing, you know? So like Absolutely. Yeah, how you're totally. talking about the guitars on this recording and, and, and the low end on this. That's that's fucking tight, dude. That's like a great that's like really, man, that's like really good advice. <laughs> Cause like, dude, I'll, yeah, I'll sit here, and re- <laughs> I'll sit here and like record my, like I went, you know, when I started doing like electronic music, you know, it was, it was easier for me to just like run direct in and start doing all this stuff and like learn it myself. Sure. And just what you're mm-hmm. talking about, dude, for so many times I would like be like, man, this sounds fucking sick. And then like get on my <laughs> bike, put in my headphones and listen to something else and be like, oh my God, dude, I got to start all over again. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's but yeah, that, it all it all applies kind of the same way because like I, I'll do that too. I'll try to listen to a bunch of different stuff, and yeah, that's fucking great, man. That's like super cool. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like that's it's got to be somewhat common. I, I know I know people will use like reference recordings when they go to a new studio to like listen to the monitors to like kind of get a get an idea of like how the room sounds and like you know the, how the speakers sound that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but but I don't know. I, I haven't talked about that enough with enough engineers to see if anybody really does that, but I assume that people must, you know what I mean? Well, like, yeah, degree. every sound guy that we've ever toured with, like out, like out mm-hmm. on tour, they always have like four songs that they play super mm-hmm. loud in each room. You know what I'm saying? And then they, totally. they like walk around the room and try to figure out what's hitting where and like what's clashing with what and shit. And I'm just like, Oh, this totally yeah, makes man. sense to me. Totally makes sense. Yeah. Do you it make it a point like that? Yeah, dude, when you mix, do you make it a point to listen to it on different, like a bunch of different medias, like different sort of things, or do you just have like one, like I've I've tried a little bit. I I do it. Do yeah. I like these days. I'm I trust my monitors enough to where I to where I like I don't need to, but I do still take it in the car um, for a couple of reasons. But like. One is because I've had the same stereo, basically the same stereo in my car for the last like 15 years. And so, so I know it really well and I've listened to a lot of music on it. Um, But also I think that that you listen to music a lot differently when you can't just push a button or like change something about it right at that second, you know? So like, um, like if I don't have faders in front of me, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) like it's, it's a lot, it's it's a different listening experience when you kind of just take it as it comes, like as you're driving around, maybe not thinking about it, Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
so I, I try to I any before something is uh, fine is like mastered I try to get it into the car for a little for a listen um just to kind of check it but yeah like the I got some new monitors some years back that are like that were that were a huge jump forward and uh and that helped kind of everything all mixes got better immediately damn that's awesome man that's sick so yeah. like I know again like i know a bunch of people that have recorded with you and like you know metal bands like us and like punk bands and 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 all that but what's like what's the furthest you've ventured out like from your like comfort zone is or like you don't have the name uh, of the band but or like but like sure. genre wise or whatever like what's like what was something you went like super far away from from like your comfort zone um i mean i've done some like jazzy stuff mm. um I've done, which is cool, uh, but but different, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. I've I've done like like I don't know genre wise. I mean, I've recorded like reggae stuff, like some hip hop here, um, here okay. and there. Uh, what else? I don't know. Some weird like uh, I've done some. Oh, I've done some like like kirtan, like chant, like Indian, like chant music. That Whoa, kind of that's stuff. sick. Um, yeah, yeah, it's tight. What's weird though is that um, I don't know generally speaking i feel like a lot of the same principles apply like oh, when you're when you're working on any kind of recorded music at least uh, the kind that i've gotten to work on like the everybody still wants it to kind of bump you know what i mean and like they want it to like to like feel alive and whatever and like and, and a, a lot of the same things that you would do on a metal record work on an indie rock record or work on um a punk record or, or like whatever a reggae record you know like um i've done a lot of black metal stuff like kind of avant-garde black metal stuff too it's like not it's like just weird yeah um, yeah that's cool uh yeah i mean i've been i've been really lucky to work on like a, a whole shitload of uh of different genres and stuff and i find that that like people come to know your work just by what the most whatever the most popular thing is you know so like for so like when when your records are getting big like everybody just thinks that i work on black metal recordings you know um yeah. Yeah. Like that dude, uh, my buddy Jeff Rosenstock uh, out in um, out in New York. Like when he first came to record, he liked some of the stuff that I had done, but it was like all black metal and like and, and he's doing like kind of poppy indie rock stuff, you know, like like yeah. really like really well written like uh, indie pop songs. And but he came because he kind of just liked the energy of the recordings, and and then kind of was surprised to hear that that's not what I do all the time, you know? Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, that's funny. But yeah, I mean, it, it it really is like the, like it, it, there's more variety than not. I mean, there was like a dark wave band here last week for like four, the last four days was here. Um, you know what I mean? Like there, there's like, uh, whatever, there's indie rock bands coming. There's like, it's pretty, it's all, it's all rock music mostly, but yeah, like, yeah. um, but occasionally something, something kind of oddball. Oh dude, I've done traditional Latin music with yeah. like, with like locals, um, out here that like, they're like dads they're like mexican dads playing like traditional latin music hey, and sick. um and it's tight yeah like uh whatever like for a long time even actually even today i i take whatever comes through the door like i've never turned anybody down or been like nah sorry like i don't want to record your thing you know like I, i'm always like i'm always into trying out something different or whatever today i was the thing i was working on today was like a bunch of old friends from like mendocino these older dudes doing like folk music um who like they come here like once a month for five hours to just like get together and like record some folk songs and like you know <laughs> that's sick dude um yeah i did some fucking 
some like traditional Nigerian uh, band came through. Like Whoa. this dude was making a documentary some years back, and like these dudes were doing. Um, this, I guess it's like this kind of historical Nigerian band, and a bunch of the dudes live in the Bay. And this, this documentarian came out and wanted to like interview them in the studio, and then they had a jam session after, and we recorded the whole thing. Damn, um, that's sick. Yeah, it's it's crazy what comes through the door. I actually got this like <laughs> traditional Nigerian music tape and I've been listening to that shit nonstop, dude. I don't know. It's really good. It's so sick, dude. It's so sick. Yeah. Um, dude, you, you were talking about jazz. Like I was when last, last tour I was on, we had this sound guy named Billy that was cool as fuck. And like me and him would kind of just like ride in the front and kind of just nerd out. And he was like mm-hmm. talking to me about these jazz records and he, and like, he was like, dude, like, okay. And he put them on because I was asking mm-hmm. him a lot of shit about like panning and like, because when I, when I first started learning like the importance of like spacing it out and like panning things, yeah. and, like opening up your mm-hmm. song, I was like blown away, dude. I was like, oh my God, like, I can't believe <laughs> it makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was talking to him about that and he was like, dude, it goes like beyond that. And he was showing me like classic i can't remember them right now but like super classic jazz records where they would pan yeah all the drums to the right you know and then mm-hmm. have everything else to the left and like sort mm-hmm. of just like place it like you know what i'm saying it was just placed like all yeah. weird and it made you feel like like the way he was describing it, he was like dude you feel like you're just like at this jazz show like at this like jazz club or, or whatever yeah. and i was like dude that's yeah, sick it's awesome. man. Well, and some of those things too. I, I'm always I'm I'm surprised at how uh, people don't take advantage of that stuff. Like I'll get something to mix sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, and somebody be like, "Oh, you know the roughs like don't sound good. Like what can you do with this?" And and I listen to the roughs, and it's like the thing's basically in mono. And it's yeah. like, well, why would you? You know, like like why would you do that? With you got two guitars. Like the very first thing I would do is put the two guitars left and right. You know, like yeah. And and now you've got a completely different sounding recording. You know, like um yeah it does it makes a huge difference dude it was like that was the one thing when i when i when i just started like panning shit man i was just like Mm -hmm. it's so crazy because it's so it's such a common thing and like when i but the first time i really utilized it i was like oh my god this changes everything you know i started (laughs) looking at every single sound on this like xyz axis you know instead of like just like how loud it is and where it is it's like where you place Mm -hmm. it also you know and everything becomes like three-dimensional i was like dude this is so sick so dude and that's that's so much of mixing is 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 just finding placement for for all the elements that you've got you know and it's like yeah like there's the volume and panning so there's the up and down and left and right of it i guess and then like and then frequencies and shit like when you get into the eqing stuff where like you can start you know, okay, this is going to live in the low end and this is going to live in the high end. And these are in the mids and like, then this pan to the left and all that shit. Like when you start really starting to figure out how to tuck things in, into their little spaces, that's what, that's when like, yeah, it all starts to kind of come together, you know? Yeah. That's tight, dude. That's so sick. Um, I was yeah. wondering about this too. Cause like you said, like, like you were in bands all the time and like in everybody row, right. Is still, yeah, you're doing that. And like, so does does being surrounded by like riffs and and fucking music all the time do you think that like helps your creative process or does sometimes do you have to just like get away from it and like get some space and then you know do, does it help or hurt your creative process or or something like that I mean 
That's a damn. That's a damn good question, man. I, I, to, to be honest, I don't really know. I haven't. I haven't played music with anybody for over a year. Uh huh. Um. But uh. Yeah, I mean, like being around it all the time. I think it helps being around it all the time. Like you're always feeling like you're in that creative process. Yeah, um, yeah. I haven't written any music in a long time. So like, uh, personally, which is that's the first time in a long time, really, like since, since I started doing any of this stuff this is the first time that I haven't been playing music for, for, uh, on a steady basis, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but the studio is really busy. So like, but that's the thing, like if I wasn't working in the studio and not playing music, I think I'd be super bummed out, but because I'm here every day and I'm like, I'm uh, oftentimes I'm part of, the creative process where like I get to kind of chime in and like we do a little arranging or songwriting together or something like that. Um, so I do feel like I get an outlet, but like, yeah, I haven't, I haven't, uh, like everybody wrote stop playing a little over a year ago. Oh, okay. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, like it's been, there, there's been talk of getting together and trying to do shit, but it seems like everybody's very busy yeah. myself included. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I bet. But dude, I, Jesus. Yeah. The plan after the Oakland move though, is to, is to work less. Uh, and so, We'll see about that. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you? I was gonna ask you, like, do you ever miss, like, like, do you, do you ever think about like touring again? Like, maybe not as much as you used to, because I know you used to hit it pretty hard. Mm -hmm. But like, do you ever miss like fucking just going out for like a month? Yeah, I do. I mean, I got to go last time a couple years ago. I went with that band Dangerous to um to Europe for a yeah. month, and I drove their tour. Oh, cool. And uh, yeah, it, God, that was probably a little while ago now. Uh, but. That was the last time I went anywhere, and it was uh, it was awesome, and I and I definitely miss it. But I'm I'm very very focused on what's happening here right now because it's it's there's a lot going on, and so I have to be invested, you know. But like, but yeah, once the fucking dust settles from this thing, I would absolutely jump on a tour, and f even if I was just filling in on guitar or like driving or whatever, like it's a fun it's a fun life, you know what I mean? Like, and I definitely miss it. There were years where like, I mean, we never went hard the way you guys go hard. Like, we would go for maybe three and a half months, you know, out of the year, that, that sort of thing. And yeah. like, and we, and cause we, everybody like maintained, uh, home lives, you know, so we had to come home and work in between and all that shit. But like, uh, so I don't think we, we never were in a position to like go all, all in, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, I do, I do miss it. It was fucking fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way, man. Like I, you know, when I'm on the tour, um, when I'm on the road for so long, I'm just like, dude, a home life sounds so amazing and yeah, and then I get home and I'm just like, fuck, man. You know, like, yeah, this is it's it's crazy. Yeah, um, yeah, that's cool. Like, what what do you what do you do? Like, I mean, I know this is kind of a weird question because you're so fucking busy. But like, what what are some things that you do when you're not like recording or when you're not working? Like, what do you do to like kind of just chill the fuck out? Uh, I. Well, okay, so I've been I've been pretty good at like getting off at seven ish and like being done for the day. Yeah, and so so I have evenings um, and and Sundays uh, Sundays can't work in the morning because I share a wall with a church that has a live band. Oh, I remember so, you saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go to Timeless Coffee every every Sunday morning with a with a crew of dudes at like eight a.m. and like hang out and eat a lot of food and drink coffee and whatever. Uh, I that's like my weekend. We always joke that my weekend is from like Saturday at seven o'clock at night until Sunday at like two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Uh, because that's, that's usually the only time I'm gone for a little bit, but, um, but yeah, uh, I mean, I go to the movies a lot. I like going to the movies. Um, I, I, because I live and work here, I, I almost never cook here yeah. or eat here if I can help it. 
so like I, I like I always want to leave and go get dinner and like go hang out and like just kind of just kind of chill out for a little bit. So like, um, so yeah, I mean nothing crazy, you know. I would go to shows, go to go to the movies, go to go get food. Like that's kind of that's kind of it. Walk the dog, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude. We were we were in um, the bay for for one day, really recent, mm-hmm. like pretty recently. And I went over to Timeless because that used to be my my wave too, dude. I would just go there fucking all the time. Oh yeah. Like, and dude, it was like so fucking nice, man. It was like, it was so. I that used to be my round, dude. I would go to Timeless, right? I would because like towards the end of the bay, we were just touring so much that when I wasn't on tour, I was just like, I had this routine, dude. And I would go to Timeless, grab coffee, grab something to eat, walk in the cemetery, right? Like usually yeah. with like Brian Proto yeah. or something, walk in the cemetery mm-hmm. for like a couple hours and then get coffee yeah, again and then go home, you know? That's uh, sick. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, you know, I'll go, I'll go, uh, mess around like the record store a little bit and like, and buy records that I like don't have time to listen to, but yeah. I put them like, that's another thing. Like, like I had this whole fantasy that when things are going to, when things calm down, I'm like, man, I'm just going to sit around and like listen to records in my, in my apartment. And like, uh, it's going to be cool. You know, like all these records, we're <laughs> going to listen to them. Uh, but yeah, we're not there yet. So, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Well, that's fucking cool, man. Like, uh, I really, I don't know. Like what, what do you think? I mean, shit, we kind of talk. I was going to ask where it's going to go in the future, you know, but I kind of, I, I think it's just going to keep, you know, with this new space, dude, it's going to be it's just going to yeah. keep going, you know? Well, it's- so the, the other thing about the new space is there's another, there's a second studio as well. So, oh, wow. um, so there's, it's, there's, there's an A, there's like an A room and a B room, which, um, which usually in a bigger or like in a multi room studio, like a room and B room, like it has to do with like the quality level of the room or whatever. But like these, what we're ending up, uh, what we're building is just basically two a rooms. So like it's, it's that big ass live room. Yeah. And then on, on, on either side of the live room, like mirrored off of each other is two different like control rooms with their own sets of booths and stuff like that. So there's going to be another uh, engineer actually working like across the live room. Um, and we have it set up where, uh, we'll be able, theoretically, we're going to be able to work on like two different things at the same time. Um, so hopefully that cuts down on the wait time a good amount. It lets me not work some days a week and, um, and yeah, offers up a different kind of like, uh, a different option for people that are coming to record. Yeah, that's sick, man. So you're going to have someone working with you? Yeah, well, kind of like not really working with me, but like working in the same building as me. But like, we're not—I I doubt we'll work off. Like, I don't think we'll, we'll work together on any particular project. You know, like we'll, he'll be doing his own thing, and I'll be doing my own thing. But oh, we're okay. kind of sharing the space, and like, and it'll be the kind of thing where like, if somebody want needs to come in record soon, but I can't do it for some reason, um, and maybe maybe the other dude can that sort of thing. Uh, like, people will still be able to get in. So, uh, okay. so yeah, I'm I'm really excited about that. I've never really had uh, a working relationship with anybody else. So, uh, it'll be cool just to like have somebody across the fucking, across the way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So are you going to not live in this space? Is this going to be like a workspace and you're going to live somewhere else? No, I am going to live there, oh, also, okay. which is turning out to be quite a fucking, uh, uh, clusterfuck because of, especially after the fire in Oakland and stuff like that, oh, the, uh, man, like yeah. we're, we're, we're converting uh, a portion of this building into a residential, uh, like apartment and and uh there's lots of hoops to, if, if you if you're going to do that in a legit way 
uh, you, there's a lot of hoops to jump through and there's a lot of like regulations and whatever. So like we're, we're actually in the middle of all that right now, permitting and like, you know, zoning approval and like all that stuff. But, um, so far, yeah, so far, no big snags or anything. So like, uh, but I'm, I'm also really looking forward to in the, in the new spot, the living space is completely separated from the studio. You like, you know how he, like where, where we are now, like, if you go out to the bathroom, you like walk through like my kitchen and like my living space, yeah, you know, yeah. and like all that stuff. Um, so like the new spot, it's like the apartment's upstairs. It's like a totally separate, separated thing. Um, and there's like a whole dedicated band lounge and bathrooms and stuff like that that like aren't part of the the house, you know? Oh man, <laughs> so that's so sick. Yes. Yeah. So the new spot is like, it's very, it's very legit. And I'm, I'm getting antsy, getting ready to, to like, I want to be there as soon as possible. But, um, but yeah, there's, you know, because we're kind of quote doing it right, uh, it takes a lot longer and there's just a lot more considerations and all that stuff. So, um, but yeah, but when it's done, man, it's going to be fucking rad. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I always like fantasize about like, like I, and I, I kind of did like the dumbest thing possible and moved to New York. Right. And, but like, I always wake <laughs> up and I have this table with all my gear on it, you know, and I wake up. And I make yeah. coffee and I look at it and I'm just like, fuck yeah, I'm excited about today. I'm going to do this later. Yeah. And then I go like for a run or like uh, go for a bike ride. You go know? Hang out. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm yeah. always like, dude, I wish I, I like, I, you know, ideally, I guess I would just like have to go somewhere to work like I used to, which, which right. I'm sure, you know, whatever I'm, I, you know, but it does, it does sound like separating it's the balance, man. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it's just like fucking discipline, dude. You know, that's so sick. Yeah, absolutely. How's New York, dude? Uh, I really like it here, man. I really like it here. And at the same time, I'm like, okay, I really like it here, but I also really like space, you know? So yeah, yeah, I'm kind yeah. of figuring out what the future is. I was actually, when, you know, I, I, you're talking about, you know, zoning for, for living. I have like yeah. a plan to do some sort of thing like this too. I want to get like a big space and like, cause I, I mm -hmm. have plans to start my own radio station. Right. Cause I've been Fuck yeah. Yeah, I've been doing like a lot of independent radio station work. Uh I did it in yeah. LA and then I did it here. And uh and so I was like, fuck man, I just want to start my own, like do shows, like archive shit and just have Dude, it that's, going twenty four hours. Awesome. Yeah. So I, I've I've been in the works of I talked to somebody about like financials and then I've been in the works of yeah. like looking in Philly. Cause Philly is mm -hmm. like I could get a warehouse for like fucking, you know a few hundred more yeah. dollars than I pay for this small ass room. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's rad. Yeah. So that's, that's what like I was, when you were talking about that, I was just like, Oh man, like this is all something I'm, I'm you know, I'm looking yeah. towards doing within the next like year or so. So dude, that's fucking sick. Yeah. But I do, I do really that's like exciting. the East coast, man. I really do like the East coast. It's really wonderful. You know, mm -hmm. um, you know, my, my whole family's in the Bay area. So, uh right. like all paths probably lead back there but it would be nice to like mm -hmm. live somewhere that's not so expensive for a while and then and see what happens are you doing any radio stuff that has anything to do with like conspiracy theory or anything like that well okay so <laughs> kind of well not like when i started my podcast it was like really heavily that and it was me yeah. it was me like drinking like way too much coffee and fucking going off <laughs> right and then there was no like there was no like cohesiveness it was just like like you know the shadowy elites out and to get then, you like they're trying to fuck us all like okay and here's this yeah. interview with like blah, blah blah you know so then i was like mm -hmm. 
you know, it's it would be cool for people to listen to it and not be like bombarded with my shit. So like I kind of tapered <laughs> off on that, you know. But uh that's a separate show, dude. Yeah, I know, I know. It really is. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like if I have a radio station, I can like have talk Fuck cool yeah, on one hour, it. you know, and then have another one on this hour, you know, and like yeah, I don't yes. know. I have this I have all these plans and like yeah, I, I basically would love to dedicate a full hour to all the shit I've been researching lately. Cause there's always something, you know, mm-hmm. but that's what I was saying. Dude, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Cause I've been volunteering at all these different radio stations, you know, and, and in LA there was one with like me and one of my really good buds. We just talked about whatever interested us, you know? And like, that was it. Mm-hmm. And then I came here and I started working at a couple different ones and there's just such a formula, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah, there's yeah. more of like a, a cool, like air about it. And I'm like, dude, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. I want to be able to talk about <laughs> fucking whatever, you know, it was funny. They were like, yeah. they're like, dude, can you take over the Friday night, like DJ hour? And I was like, yeah, but I'm going to do a crust night. And they were just like, yeah, they were like, yeah, you can do that. And I was like, oh, okay, you don't, you have no idea what crust monk is, but I'm going to fucking do it anyways. <laughs> you know so it fucking yeah. and it definitely it turned some heads but it was like you yeah. know whatever like you can't you can't stop it you know in the middle of my show so yeah but yeah, yeah. it's it's i've definitely been like going doing a lot of that shit but yeah if sick. i had my own thing and i didn't have to worry about all that like it would be sick as fuck but yeah yeah man well i mean dude i that i mean i really appreciate you coming on here dude i am like this is i mean you know besides like You've done a you know a lot for like you know me personally, which which means a lot, but also no, just like you know just like the Bay dude, like like all those you know I know a million people that you've recorded, and and honestly you know when when Monuments recorded with you like fucking I don't know five years ago or whatever yeah it was a while back yeah yeah like it was it's so cool to like just see it like one I'm I'm happy that like another project has gotten to co- record with you that I'm, that I'm in, but like, also it's just sick to like, watch, watch this happen, you know? And like, I can't awesome. fucking, I can't wait to stop by and see the new spot. Cause that is, it's some shit. I, I, I don't know, man. Once I started, like, once I found out what like plate reverb was, I was like, Oh my God, that's so <laughs> sick. I was just like Dude, blown away I, by I, it. I got one a year ago uh, from John Prashante. <laughs> Whoa, that's fucking sick. Yeah, like I had to, I mean, I didn't get to meet him or anything. It was like his assistant, but we, I answered a, you know, I got a Craigslist ad last, last December. Uh, and, and me and my roommate, I was like, yo, man, you want to drive to LA tomorrow? And he's like, yeah, let's go. And we went down there and I fucking got this plate reverb and drove it home. And, uh, and it came out of John Prashante's house. Damn. And, uh, and his assistant was there and like we, we had to take it out a window and it weighs like 500 pounds. It was a whole fucking ordeal. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say. That must have been fucking crazy, dude. That's so sick. It man. was. And then we just got another one from Green Day. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> like um, like three three weeks ago or a month ago. Whoa. Do they like have their own studio or something? They had a, a spot that they had taken over a commercial spot in Oakland. that they, And I guess they recently just sold the building and so the studio closed. Um, uh, but, but they have their own. I think they have their own private thing that's like smaller and whatever. But I think they were just getting rid of some of the bulky shit. So, so now there's two plates. It's a, it's a new place. Dude, that's so um, fucking sick. Oh my god! Yeah, fuck man. Well, I'm <laughs> super excited to see it. I'm, I'm stoked that we're gonna kick it soon. That's tight. Um, yeah, fuck yeah. 
but yeah man i really appreciate you coming on here like thank you so much uh i'll talk to you soon man all right man good to hear good to hear from you i'm stoked you hit me up to do this thing yeah yeah absolutely i'm i'm stoked i'm stoked we did it man but yeah i'll i'll talk to you soon i'll see i'll see you in fucking two weeks that's totally tight oh yeah oh yeah all, all right, right man, take care later all right that was jack shirley as you can tell cool ass dude does a bunch of cool shit and was a really big help to a bunch of musicians including myself uh in more than one way so thanks to jack uh huge thanks to our producers um ben bradley from dallas we got muhammad abbasi from atlanta and nate Berger from sac Thank all of you guys for making the 20th episode possible. And thanks to every producer that's helped out ever to get like to help get us to 20 episodes. So I'm going to leave you with one of Jack's bands. This is Everybody Row with The Sea Inside. All right. Peace. Thanks for 20 episodes. And here's to 20 more.